Oh, oh he's going crazy. He's going crazy. Welcome to the Tim and Yoshi show. So this is uh, incredibly frustrating, but this is uh, attempt number two at trying to film this video. Just went on for like an hour rant and found out that the uh, audio didn't record because I just changed some GoPro settings and I think the input mic setting somehow didn't work. But anyways, we're trying to get some better videos out to you guys, some higher quality stuff. Obviously over here, you guys can see Yoshi just having the time of his life. And it is a beautiful day over here in Phoenix, Arizona, about uh, 80 degrees about as perfect as you're gonna get because unfortunately uh, in about three or four days it's gonna be getting much, much warmer over here. But actually in three or four days, I'll be in Mexico with uh, Josh Sigerson, so it isn't gonna matter. But some of the housekeeping I did want to bring up before we get going today is, uh, you know, I am gonna be over at Float Fest, so you guys can check that out at floatfest.com at the end of the month. Uh, you know, Josh is gonna be there as well, Tina Marie, my girlfriend, uh, tons of great people. Obviously, Sam Tripoli is gonna be there with Eddie Bravo doing a, a comedy night. Uh, and just, you know, tons of great people. You guys can check it out at floatfest.com. I know John Bush is gonna be there. I think Spike Cohen, the uh, probably gonna be the next libertarian presidential candidate, although, you know, it doesn't really excite me thinking about politics. But anyways, tons of great people, lots of people from the crypto space, Freedom World, are gonna be making their way out there. I think uh, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, I think he's gonna be there as well. And, uh, you know, I'm just, absolutely feel bad that I'm forgetting, you know, tons of uh, great people. I think Larkin Rose is going to be out there. Derek Bros. Let's see if there's anyone else that rhymes with O's that'll be there. Uh, Ernest Hancock is going to be out there as well. So anyways, lots of great people there. And, um, you know, I have a presentation that I just finished on central bank digital currencies, and that is going to be exclusive to people who are in attendance and to people on Rockfin. So I just got added on to Rockfin or going to Add myself on well I've given I basically have been given the okay to have a show on Rockfin so uh, you know basically just looking to diversify you know income streams out here you know obviously given the subject matter of the things that I rail about and the fact that my industry is controlled by a license that if the day them those want to come after me and come after my income then uh, anyways you know it's no weapon used against me shall prosper so even if they, they do that I've got other ideas and you know ways to consult people that are really rich to uh, you know try to still make money and create massive win-win-wins for everybody around so you know if they do try to come after me it's not like I haven't already thought of other ideas and things that I could be doing that might you know maybe might even end up being more fulfilling than what I'm doing now anyways although I do love what I'm doing now so not asking to get taken down or uh, or anything but I've also decided to stop doing the Tim and John show I mean basically you know I just like hanging out with uh, Yoshi a little bit more than having to go through and just rehash, you know, all the articles that basically pissed me off over the past two weeks. And, you know, I just don't like being like a news article type show because I think there's like other more important things out there in the world. Although they're obviously, you know, being aware of the enemy game plan, I think is, uh, I think it is important to be aware of the enemy game plan and to be able to comment on it and to be aware of it. Because then, uh, you know, if, if people are aware of what's going on, then they might then be able to tell others but unfortunately, then people think that then the solution to this is just, you know, somehow voting yourself more freedom, although that's obviously not what I'm advocating and uh, obviously that never works. And then by coincidence, uh, you know, right, I don't actually know the exact timing of all this, but, you know, I'd already basically expressed how I wasn't really too interested in doing the Tim and John show. We're probably still going to do some like quarterly reports and uh, maybe have some exclusive content out in the Rockfin. But you know, just the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, it's not really, hasn't really excited me too much. So then, uh, you know, right around the same time as this, then, but just by coincidence, then it looked like our Discord got fucking nuked because, uh, you know, for medical misinformation, you know, whatever that ends up being. And just, just look how tired Yoshi is. He says, oh man, he's like, we've already been at this for like an hour. It's like the third walk of the day you've taken me on. And he's like, I'm just exhausted. I just, I just need to go. I just need to go rest for a little bit. Although as soon as you bring me back inside, I'm gonna be bothering you to come right back outside again. So uh, yeah, so the Tim and John show Discord got nuked from medical misinformation. They sent us an email saying, hey, you guys need to go and uh, take down these misinforming posts while not actually telling us what the posts were. And then by the time I went to go log on to the Discord, it was already gone. So for those of you who are following us over there, you know, appreciate you guys and for everything you've added over the past, you know, a couple of years we were on there, but uh, that is gonna be no more. 
And uh, you know, the Liberty Advisor show for all the other ways to find us. Obviously, John's got his info up there on too, so you guys can, you know, he's got an Odyssey channel. I believe that you guys can go and uh, and check out all that stuff. But you know, so much you know crazy news going on in the world. So first, we're going to focus on more of like the conspiracy, New World Order type stuff, and then we're going to then you know shift gears and get more into the economic stuff. Although I'll probably end up like separating that out into a different video, uh, just because a lot of times the you know they're just very I guess they are interconnected because a lot of it has to do with the financial stuff has to do with the conspiracy component of what's going on. But, you know, just to, uh, you know, not have it be, you know, too long of a video. Oh, this is where we go. This is the, oh, we almost caught him doing, rolling around. He just, he gets so crazy sometimes. He just loves rolling around. Uh, oh yeah, I see some horse manure. Yeah, that's exactly what he loves uh, checking out. Oh, another new, new place we're on, just finishing up with the housekeeping would be Rumble. Uh, all the videos are up there, so thank you Arthur Diamond Hands for that. And then also Spotify, all the podcasts are there. And then like I just mentioned, soon to be uh, Rockfin. Now, all right, where are we at in this? Uh, yeah, so one of the very first things that I woke up to the other day was uh, news of this Russian missile that had hit a train station and all these women and children that had died at the train station. And then on the missile was written or inscribed you know, for the children. So, I mean, if that doesn't scream, you know, false flag, you know, if it was like a false flag 101 course, I mean, it just seems like this would be like prime material for that. I mean, anyone that's been in this game for any amount of time knows just how much, you know, something like that type of provocation would just reek of, you know, false flag all over it. Especially, you know, it's not only bombing, you know, a train station with a bunch of women and children, but then also having it say for the children. And I guess, you know, if you wanted to play devil's advocate, uh, you know, it could have been the Russians and they could have said it was for, you know, for their children who are getting bombed in the Donbass region and getting killed and basically genocided out there by, you know, Zelensky and the Azov Battalion Nazis who are, were basically running the show in that region of Ukraine. But, you know, it just seemed like absolute propaganda, especially when, you know, the next article I see underneath this is it shows, you know, Putin at a funeral and saying like, oh, the chilling moment Putin is pictured with Russia's secret nuclear briefcase at funeral amid fears of World War III. Uh, and then it's like, oh, paranoid Vladimir Putin was a scene attending a Moscow funeral today, surrounded by military guards carrying his secret nuclear briefcase. Uh, well, when isn't the president of a major fucking country uh, have his, doesn't have his nuclear football handy? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure Biden and Trump and Obama and all the Bushes and the Clintons, I mean, they were never probably, you know, more than 10 feet away. Oh, here we go. Oh, damn it. It's like he knows we're about to video him. Although, you know, I got some videos of him earlier today rolling around the grass. But when aren't these guys, you know, surrounded by other fucking military type guards or, oh, here he goes, here he goes, damn it. Or, uh, you know, and then, or, you know, have the nuclear football or dressed in black. Cause the next thing the article goes on to say is Putin dressed in black made the sign of the cross in front of the Zerukowski's open casket as the political leader and his close allied was laid to rest. He is, oh, this, this part's actually kind of funny. He is believed to have fallen ill with COVID before being hospitalized despite boasting eight COVID jab. So, um, you know, I guess how many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll pop? Uh, I guess if you're taking the Sputnik jab, uh, I guess the answer is eight before uh, you're going to meet your untimely death. But, you know, it makes a big deal about him being dressed in black. Uh, you know, he's a world leader. So, you know, how many times the world leaders on a world stage aren't in like a blazer, sport coat, wearing a white shirt, dressed in black, while at a fucking funeral nonetheless. So it's like, oh my God, he had, he had bodyguards. Uh, he was dressed in black and he had a nuclear football. Uh, probably all three of those things are basically can describe every major leader who would ever attend the funeral, uh, especially amid heights, heightened tension in World War III ever, everywhere. So it's just, you know, absolutely ridiculous, uh, you know, some of the things that these people, you know, make out as being like a big, you know, sort of new show item. Anyways, here's, uh, here's Yoshi again. 
Oh, oh, he's going crazy. He's going crazy. All right, well, I thought it was all cute with him rolling around until then I took my eye off him for like a second and then started rolling around in uh, manure. So then we had to go over to this big ass, uh, basically one of the sprinklers is broken and it's like massive amount of uh, water being pumped out there. So I had to run his collar through that and somebody was getting hosed down uh, before we head back home. But uh, yeah, first time with that. Oh yeah, yeah, thanks for, uh, trying to dry yourself off but anyway speaking of like other major events that are going on we have something called the world government summit that uh you know you can check it out at worldgovernmentsummit.com so back when everybody's you know fixated on will smith and actually where where'd my water go i'm missing one water now i gotta find a missing water bottle somewhere that's over here but uh yeah everybody's fixated on will smith and has their eye on the ball for that. And then what they don't realize is that, oh, you know, you've got the eighth annual World Government Summit going on where, you know, one of the opening uh, speakers is none other than Klaus Schwab. So he's got an address. Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to participate for the eighth time at this important meeting, even if only in a virtual way. I would like to express my high respect to His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum for having taken the initiative for creating such an important global platform for governments shaping the future. I also want to congratulate Dubai for having organized such a successful World Expo despite all the repercussions of the global pandemic. Last November, in partnership with His Excellency Mohammed Al Gargawi, we brought together 60 top intellectual thinkers here in Dubai. Thank you to His Excellency for enabling this initiative to define a longer term narrative to make the world more resilient, more inclusive, and more sustainable. With all the current issues on our agenda, we tend to forget that we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, which accelerates global change in much more comprehensive and faster ways than the previous three revolutions. I'm proud that the government of Dubai has been so foresighted in establishing a center for the fourth industrial revolution in cooperation with the World Economic Forum. The objective is to quickly recognize the potential of new technologies, as well as develop the necessary ethical and political frameworks around those new technologies to ensure that those technologies are human-centered and society-oriented. The world has to overcome not only the damage done to our economies and our societies by COVID-19, it also has to confront the repercussions of a dangerous clash between major global powers. History is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems and supply chains will be deeply affected. In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important and more relevant than ever. What is also needed is a summit like this one to go beyond crisis management and to look into constructive ways we can build our common future. Our futures are intrinsically connected to one another as the profound challenges to mankind such as climate change are globally interconnected and require collaborative responses. In conclusion, and despite all the challenges, we have to uphold our responsibility which we have towards the next generation and which we can only fulfill through collaboration 
on a national and on a global level. I wish you an impactful and successful meeting. And like right after he speaks, uh, they've got a panel that was called, are you ready for the new world order? And then on that panel, you've got like someone from the Atlantic Council and what's, uh, not looking at my notes for this right now because I'm trying to find this water bottle, but you know, as part of this Atlantic Council deal, they're the ones who have the CBDC tracker. Hey, get over there. They're the ones who have the CBDC tracker uh, on their website where it shows, I think it's like 91 different currency blocks that they're currently monitoring for either, uh, you know, are at some stage of the game of either like implementing this already or uh, in the, uh, you know, design phase or some sort of phase of this rollout. And so, you know, you've got the Atlantic Council guy there. You've got Pippa Malgram there, and Pippa Malgram, she's the one who had the speech. We are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. Uh, but also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life? So her father was also uh, an economist in the Nixon administration or regime back when, um, you know, of course, Nixon, the one that got us off the gold standard. And so, and that's also, I think she used part of that in her speech as well, talking about how, you know, she knows what it means to go from like one system to another because her father was, uh, you know, deeply entwined in that. So I guess like uh, father like daughter and now she's trying to you know further cement uh you know everything that's that's going on in terms of you know getting this you know w new world order uh cemented which is you know in her speech called are you ready for the new world order and you know while she's giving that speech right after klaus schwab gave his little five minute fucking address so no, maybe we'll go and see if Arthur Diamond Hands can play the part, portion of that speech where she says, uh, talks about the CBDC, and then maybe we'll go into uh, the Klaus Schwab address that he gave, which his was only five minutes. He was there uh, virtually, uh, we'll see. Lots of high-end production value because it made it look like he was there for anyone. Uh, I guess it was like quickly glancing. Oh, and the water bottle has been found, okay. We are in Arizona, so you can't really go too long without water, even though I probably haven't taken a single sip of water in an hour and a half. And yes, I did give, actually I have given Yoshi water uh, before I even gave myself after we finished the original video that now we are basically redoing. Uh, now it's also part of the World Government Summit. They had, uh, you know, they had different forums that were listed and they had the, the first one they list was actually called the Global Crypto Forum. Uh, the first Global Crypto Forum or the World Government Summit will explore the latest developments in digital and cryptocurrencies by providing a platform for thought and industry leaders in the field to discuss innovation in the sector and the mechanisms needed to ensure a responsible approach to financial solutions today and in the future. Then the second one they list, also dealing with crypto, is the Global Metaverse Forum. Uh, again, second one they list on there. The World Government Summit will explore why the metaverse is a key focus for big tech offering a parallel digital world with unlimited potential. The forum will explore key opportunities offered for governments and society, including potential applications for new ways of work, services delivery, and investments. And they do have like their entire agenda that's posted on there, and we'll see if Arthur Diamond Hands can go through 
and uh, you know just kind of scroll through some of their agenda items but just kind of like eyeballing this real quickly it looks like about like 70% of the agenda items have something to do with women it's like women in government or women in uh, you know how we can use government to advance the role of women or how women can do this or that or the role of women in shaping the new world order and and then like the other probably 20 25 percent have to do with the youth and so you know it sort of reminds me of that quote that's uh i'm probably gonna butcher it but it's something along the lines of you know first you get the women then then follow children and then so follow the men and so they want to get the women and the children i mean they are they've already got them i mean let's be honest and uh, you know now they need to get the men which is why you know things like you know espn are fucking owned by disney uh and i did run across someone the other day that didn't even know that and so you know they've, they've turned sports into basically like just nothing but just like a big male um soap opera but you know i have to give it to them that, that these guys you know who are running the world government summit i mean they can be as brazen to have you know a, a, a speech in the middle east with all these you know middle eastern you know sheiks and shit with uh towels on their head with and all these women's with fucking burkas on talking about like women's rights i mean so you've got women whose faces are being fucking covered like, like someone in the middle east is going to be lecturing us on women's rights i mean it's just complete clown world everything everything going on these days is nothing but complete clown world now Unfortunately, before we kind of get back into sports, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you know what was going on over in Shanghai. Forgot how many people over there, like 23, 26 million. Anyways, a lot, and there's all these videos and there was an InfoWars compilation where it showed uh, you know all these people screaming from their rooftops and then there's another video that we will play and you know sorry to the audio listeners but essentially it's this guy who uh you know he's like hey you know we're not allowed to he's not saying hey he's actually really fucking pissed off but he's like you know he's like basically like fuck you chinese government like you just expect us to sit here and die uh you know i only had food provisions until april 5th And, you know, you're making it so that way, you know, we're going to starve to death and this is what communism brings and well, how do you expect us to survive? And because, you know, they're not letting them outside their house. They're not letting them go, you know, forage for food. You've got, you know, and, and so, but at the end of the day, you've got like such a small amount of people who are, you know, the, the ones enforcing all this stuff. And you've got these guys in hazmat suits who are like the big police officers out there. <laughs> 
But the thing is, I mean, the people, I mean, have got to outnumber these guys, you know, thousands to one. So, you know, if the people actually knew the power that they had, it would just be incredible and all this stuff would basically die, die immediately. And then like one of the craziest parts is you also have this like drone that was flying around uh, that was telling people who were, you know, singing from their, uh, you know, balconies and crying for freedom that please comply with COVID restrictions, control your soul's desire for freedom, do not open the window or sing. And, you know, essentially the amount of compliance you, you're going to get, uh, sorry, I mean, basically, I mean, I guess the amount of compliance you show is going to be in direct correlation with the amount of tyranny you get. So you want to show a bunch of uh, compliance where well, you're going to get a bunch of fucking tyranny. Uh, now I think it was Benjamin Franklin that once said the amount of tyranny you get is the amount you put up with. And so, you know, when people ask like, oh, why won't you just wear a mask? And I remember I had some people who, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say friends, but some people who, you know, early on, people I was friendly with who said, oh, Tim, you know, if you just hurry up and wear a mask and comply with the restrictions and, you know, we can all be done with this, you know, sooner. And it's like, uh, hmm, you know, when has, uh, well, I guess, you know, one of those people is probably Luke Radowski, but, uh, you know, when historically has, have you ever gotten back your rights after giving them up? And let alone, like, I'm going to get a right back quicker that I currently possess, but I'm going to get it back quicker. But what if I never lost it, but I'm going to get it back quicker if I just give it up? I mean, it makes no sense. And anyone with, you know, any understanding of history whatsoever, uh, you know, would understand that to be the case because obviously, uh, you know, the government's not in the business of trying to grant you more rights and the rights. So the rights come from God. They don't come from the government to begin with. And the most basic of which is being able to fucking breathe. Uh, and, was, and, you know, and they're constantly, actually today is pretty good. So I don't see too many chemtrails today, but I mean, you know, the air, poisoning the air, poisoning the water, poisoning the food, and then not even let us breathe even the poisoned air. So it's all just all incredibly crazy. And, you know, speaking of crazy, we've got, you know, this video compilation I'm going to show you guys where it's all these different athletes. And for those of you listening at the very end when there's no, no audio, it's just showing basically like news clip after news clip after news clip, like in rapid fire succession of like all of these athletes who died of heart attacks, you know, while competing. And it's just like absolutely insane that we can like get to this or that like no one's able to put two and two together of what's going on. A Baker County High School senior is in the hospital after collapsing on the tennis courts. Breaking new details on the deaths of a high school soccer player. Finland, Denmark star man Christian Eriksson collapsing towards the end of the first half. The Kennedy High community mourning tonight after one of their high school football players died. A South Carolina high school football player has died after collapsing at football practice. Star college basketball player collapsing on the court. We want to warn you, the video may be difficult to watch. Florida Gators star Giante Johnson collapsing during the game. A West Catholic high school student has died after collapsing during a football scrimmage. On mile eight, she suddenly felt fuzzy and blacked out. 17-year-old Ryan Jacobs' heart stopped. Unexpectedly collapsed on the field. Megan went into cardiac arrest. Collapsing during Friday night's football game. for his collapse is unknown. The reason why Manny collapsed in the first place still isn't known. So you might be wondering how someone in such great shape could suffer cardiac arrest. It's a rare thing that happens. says the condition is rare. 
it's just one of those tragedies. Did she have any signs nope. before this race? Absolutely not. She felt like she was in the best shape of her life. That's incredible. player down something happened to one of the referees we've had a, a heartbreaking situation here all right so now that we just checked all that out I mean right now I am wearing a team Djokovic shirt Djokovic, uh, Nadal, along with Federer, are basically statistically like the three greatest tennis players of all time. Uh, Federer uh, recently went out with a some sort of surgery or injury that he's having right now, so he's out of the game. And so going into the Australian Open, you had the two best players in the world, being Nadal and Federer, both tied with 20 Grand Slam victories. And uh, what ended up happening is that you know as most of you guys will know that they that they ended up not allowing uh djokovic to play and so they they told him like hey you're allowed to come here you're allowed to play you know what have you and then they get there and then all of a sudden they make him stay in like a roach infested motel for like a week and a half two weeks and obviously just make this like a whole big like show trial and to basically try to say like hey you know we're willing to do, like no one gets any special exemptions because you know we're willing to do this to no Novak Djokovic meaning you know we'll do it to you I mean so that was all you know just a whole big funny thing I don't think I've actually been over this whole area before so in my estimation it was all basically just you know a, a pre-planned out psyop so then that way they could you know grandstand later on actually I've never really been to this little grassy area before Yoshi hey 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 I can't even touch you because you got Freaking manure on you. Oh my god, bad boy. But uh yeah, so you got Nogovic and and uh Djokovic and Nadal. And so then what ended up happening is you know they end up questioning Nadal on this. I believe in one in what the the people who knows about uh medicine says. And if the people say that we need to get vaccinated, uh we need to get we need to get the vaccine. That's that's my point of view. You know, I went through the COVID. I I have been uh, vaccinated twice. So uh, yeah, I mean it's just like absolutely crazy. So anyways, where I was going with the story is that you then you know fast forward and joke and Nadal ends up winning the uh, Australian Open and then. Uh, then France ends up basically fucking Djokovic even further and says they had some sort of thing where if you had caught the coronavirus or tested positive for it so if you caught the thing that doesn't even exist and you then go to uh you're then trying to go into france i guess if you had it within the last six months you're allowed to go into france but then because of djokovic they basically then changed it to four months because at that point he would be within six months of having it uh supposedly but not within four months and then France changed it within four months so then essentially to lock Djokovic out but now I mean the real craziness starts because the other day Nadal ends up going down on the court and kind of like saying he's having all this trouble breathing and he can't continue on and he's not sure how long uh, it's going to be before he can play again and then about like a week later it starts coming out with these stories that oh he has a uh, a broken rib and so I mean, complete bullshit. So, I mean, how would you be able to start a tennis match with a broken rib, not knowing your rib's broken, and then, like, halfway through the match, uh, you know, you go down. I mean, a broken rib, especially if you have it done in a tennis match, 
A, you're gonna know it's a broken rib right away. You're gonna be able to identify that. You wouldn't be like, oh, I've got no idea why I've got breathing problems. And then, you know, a week later, come up with a broken rib fucking excuse. So, I mean, anyone that's had a broken rib is going to know they had a broken rib. It's not like, oh, I can't believe I just found out that I had a broken rib after I've already played like all these fucking tennis matches. And so now, I mean, how fitting it is that you've got, you know, the two best guys statistically in the world and the one guy doesn't get jabbed. He's fine, but he's not able to, you know, uh, you know, collect on millions of dollars now. And then you've got the other guy who uh, won the tournament, but then now he's having trouble breathing. So for me, I'd rather be the guy that uh, isn't winning. But uh, so I guess you can be a winner and a loser at the same time, you know, sort of like your, I guess, Walmart employee of the month type situation. And so Nadal, uh, huh, I mean, I guess he's getting hit by the karma train right about now because, you know, he was, you know, really smug up there trying to put down Djokovic and now he can't fucking breathe. So uh, might as well, maybe we can call him uh, Nadal George Floyd or something. But, you know, continuing on with, with sports and I'm only uh, pointing this out because uh, I do play tennis and I actually one more one more story. So two weeks ago I was out at the shooting range and uh, I see this Asian guy wearing wearing a mask like below his chin and he's shooting AR-15s with his buddy and you could tell it was like probably three I don't know maybe like 25 year olds. Funny I sound like so fucking old now. Uh, but anyways, it was like three younger guys, maybe like about 25, and the other two guys are out going to get a target and then. Uh, this one Asian guy is sitting there and he's, you know, you're on like a, so in be, every, you know, few, like about 15, 20 minutes, there's like a break and then you've got to go out. And anyways, I was already done with all my shit and I was just waiting uh, for them to start shooting again. And, and I was, and I go to him like, Hey man, you're in Arizona, you're shooting guns. You've got the mask around your chin. It's not doing anything around your chin. Even if it's around your face, it's not doing anything anyways. You know, why do you, why do you have that on? You're, you're, you're killing me right now. And he, Boom, he's like, you know what, what? He takes it off, doesn't question anything. He's like, you know what, you're right. Immediately takes it off like he'd been waiting for this. Like been waiting for somebody to go calm out in it. So, uh, I mean, so I'm even saying this to people who have fucking guns in their hands. Uh, now, I mean, it was on the table at this point, about five feet away, because you can't have it in your hand during this like little recess period. But, uh, you know, the point being is you got to have these conversations with people, because that one little conversation did change things but the point also where i was going with that is i was wearing this exact same shirt the team djokovic shirt and his buddy like right after this happens like oh hey are you serbian i'm like well actually i'm not serbian i'm just really anti-vax and he goes well, what does that what does that have to do with serbia and i'm like well this is a djokovic shirt and then i explained the whole djokovic thing and how he was you know shut out of the australian open and how when i play tennis and wear this it's sort of like a big fuck you to the other 99.99% of people that I play with that are vaccinated. And so it's sort of like the most subtle sort of fuck you that you can give somebody uh, that's pro-vax while you're playing tennis. And so, you know, I know it's like a real, you know, sort of, I guess like inside baseball type uh, joke, but I guess it's a real joke a bitch over here, uh, a jokester. Uh, but yeah, and that doesn't mean I endorse everything Joe Vax has said or done or who he is. I don't really know a ton about him. I, I play more sports than I watch which is what you know everybody should be doing you know so i've i play quite a bit of tennis nowadays uh self-taught and everything but i don't actually watch tennis which is kind of funny but uh same thing with pretty much all sports like i play them i don't really watch them i mean i every now and then we'll watch some sort of ball sports and it's funny that they're all ball uh so you know football basketball baseball you play with a tennis ball i mean and so ball being you know isn't that sort of like the devil or something ball b-a-l so that's uh, kind of funny but the last sport thing because i also am you know a former competitive swimmer swam uh, for uh swam, swam collegiately missed all american in high school as part of a relay by 0.08 uh have did iron man uh the full one twice half one five times spent 10 years in in triathlon so you know, I think I can comment on swimming, uh, you know, pretty effectively. I've won the last four triathlon swims overall that I've done. So, you know, I've got decent street, street cred to be able to talk about this, but that whole like Leah Thompson situation, what's really crazy with that is, you know, I saw this video, maybe we'll play a little bit of it and it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, all, all of his videos are pretty good, but it's Awaken with JP. And what he's going on and saying effectively is that, you know, you could take any sort of average, uh, swimmer or even like a bad swimmer who's a guy and then to compete with a girl and all of a sudden they're going to be 
like amazing and just killing it. I've been dreaming of becoming the top female swimmer for one year, but getting here wasn't easy. I first learned how to swim when I was seven years old at Boy Scout camp. What might surprise you is, I was actually a really slow swimmer at first and stayed a really slow swimmer through the first couple years of my collegiate career. Then I turned 23 and all of a sudden, I'm the best swimmer in the women's division. And I can't track exactly what changed. I guess I'm just a late bloomer. With being the best at something, you always get haters. Like, I don't understand what this controversy is all about. I guess people just don't like it when they see a woman succeeding. I compete in three different strokes, freestyle, the butterfly, and the backstroke. You gotta be in the pool for hours each day. It's the only way to become the best. I guess I must have drank a lot of water on that lap. Yeah, it's not all easy. Some of the other ladies don't feel comfortable being in the same locker room as me. I'm appalled. I, I just don't understand why. Some of my competitors are angry that I tested positive for having XY chromosomes, and I don't know how they got there. Might have had like a tainted supplement or something. It feels so good to come away with a championship. And I want to congratulate second place for being within nine minutes of me. And I want to thank my sponsors for always having my back. Manscaping, Dollar Beard Club, and Alpha Jockstraps. Even more than my swimming success, what I'm most proud of is what I'm doing for women's rights. It's kind of like if you've ever seen an injured deer on the side of the road that's just been hit by a car and your heart just wants to help this wounded animal, well, I'm the one that hit the deer. And the thing is like this guy, uh, Leah Thompson was not some like bad, okay male swimmer. I mean, I looked up his times, I think it was like 4.33 in the 500 free. I guarantee right now there's not one fucking person watching this right now that can go 4.33. I, I would highly doubt there's anybody watching this that can go 5.33, uh, unless they're a competitive swimmer. But I mean, he's got a really fucking baller fast time. I looked up the New York State, because I'm originally from New York, but I looked up the New York State um, you know, Swimming Association, their championship meet, and I think only like two guys in the entire state last year, we're talking like two guys in one of the most populated states in the country would have beaten his time, and it was, I think, I think two guys went like 431, and I think one guy went like 434. And so we're talking only two in the entire state. Now the college team I swam for, SUNY Geneseo, uh, the big meet there, or their, their, champ, their league is called the SUNYACs. So it's the State University of New York Athletic Conference. And I was taking a look going back to like 2000, and not a single person had beat his fucking time in the past 20 years. So. Uh, and this is, you know, probably like one of the best D3 schools. Actually, this is the entire conference, so it's not just my school. It's, it's a D, not, I hate seeing my school because I don't give a fuck about them. But, uh, you know, I only swam one year for them before I had a blew up both my shoulders and also had like a blow up with the coach. So, I mean, technically, I still do have, I guess, three years left of eligibility, which would lead me to, to like this. Like, what if, I think of this for like trolling, like expert level trolling. Like imagine if I was like, oh, I want to go get like an executive MBA, but you know, instead of spending, you know, 80 grand a year uh, to get my executive MBA, I can just now apply, uh, you know, for a scholarship on the women's swimming team. And then not only do I get to uh, see a bunch of naked women, but I also get college paid for for free, get to get all these, you know, accoutrements and accolades and, uh, and, and then like at the end of it, what if you were like, as you're getting your reward, be like, you know what? This is all just an exercise in how ridiculous this entire system has gotten because obviously I still have a dick, still have balls, still have testosterone, and here I am, you know, wrecking all these women. And and I probably could hold my own in, I'm not saying necessarily like win a championship, but I, in like a 50 yard breaststroke, I'd, I bet even now I probably could if I trained. Uh, I mean, my time was about 27 seconds in the 50 breaststroke. So it's part of like a relay on a women's team. I, I don't think there's probably too many women out there that could really beat that time or like a 50 free time. Uh, if I really train, I mean, there's women who would crush me in probably the 100 breaststroke. Um, I mean, at, at the, like the, we're talking like Olympic level. Uh, but I could probably make a run at like a championship of like two in those two type events if I like really, really tried super hard. Because I mean, those are all out strength, you know, 50 yard. But, but the thing is, I was also good. Like I wasn't, 
uh, some random guy. So the thing is with Leah Thompson, like she's not some slow swimmer that then just became a woman and became, you know, super fast. She was already a really fucking fast guy that would be, you know, the fastest in most states, you know, if she was a high school male swimmer. Uh, you know, even in some leagues, like I just mentioned before, and like I'm a decent, uh, you know, pretty big guy. I'm like 6'1", 190, got, you know, a decent amount of muscle on me because, I mean, most people in alternative media are like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, and so, you know, I'm a little finance guy, so I come across as that, but, uh, you know, compared to most people, like 6'1", 190, even bigger dude, but this Leah Thompson's like three inches taller than me like and weighs more than I do like way bigger than me way faster than me better than me and uh it's just craziness to think that I can then all of a sudden just put on a woman's suit and then you know gallivant around and try to saying that I'm a woman and I guess you know what's also sort of crazy about this is that you know we've seen everything now as you know part of the LGBTQIA plus agenda you see all these like superheroes being you know turned into uh gay guys so whether it's uh Batman or Superman or Knight Rider or Wonder Woman. I mean, they're all basically turning gay. And the guy that was actually first was Aquaman, uh, the Justice League. I mean, the guy that was like Spider-Man now even too, uh, Avengers. So the guy that is actually responsible for this and has been winning awards for GLAAD, turning all these superheroes into gay guys is this guy named Steve Orlando, uh, who I think was writing for DC and then now is for Marvel. But Steve Orlando is actually a guy that graduated with me who was actually a swimmer. And this guy was berating the gay guys who were on the swim team who were, I remember one, I'm not gonna name names, but there's one guy who uh, openly came out of the closet and this is probably 2002 or three. So, you know, back then it actually, you know, took a lot of balls to do something like that. And, you know, no hate to anyone that is gay. Uh, I mean, I was called basically gay or fag pretty much every day for swimming and getting made fun of a ton. And so, you know, I, I do know how hurtful it can be. And, you know, I was tormented a lot, but like one of the guys that would torment me calling me a fag every day was this guy, Steve Orlando. And he's the one that is making all the, all these characters gay and come to find out Steve Orlando is gay. And he was then calling me a fag every day. And then now he is the guy responsible for turning all the superheroes into fags. So it's like, you can't even, can't even make this stuff up that the guy that was tormenting me is now the guy winning awards from GLAAD. And so this will all get turned on around back to me and how I'm the bad guy for all this, even though uh, it was their guy who was the one tormenting me and tormenting this other, the, this guy that actually was gay on the team um, and being like, oh, that faggot shouldn't be allowed to swim with us and that faggot shouldn't be allowed into our locker room. And, and now this guy is writing, this gay guy is now writing, uh, comic books where he's turning all the characters gay so uh oh Yoshi sees sees a, a rabbit oh and looks like the rabbit saw him right before uh, right before he's on the chase but he does have his leash on so I'm sure that's gonna hamper him ah I'm sure what it would love to be a dog and what goes through their minds but uh, no, luckily we're like pretty far away from the road so uh, yeah, but the whole thing, it's not even about the gay agenda. It's not about trannies. It's, it's the actual agenda is transhumanism. And so, I mean, the first time I think I was really sort of exposed to this would be, you know, when I came across, uh, when it first came out in 2012, this uh, 2045 project that was actually based in Moscow. And so, you know, it just goes to show you that the uh, Moscow conference uh, for transhumanism, that it's not like, oh, Putin's a good guy and he's trying to fight the new world order and trying to fight all the transhumanists when, you know, the first fucking major conference is put on is, you know, sponsored by Russia. And so, you know, what we'll do is we'll play, because some of the stuff I had to go back to the Wayback Machine to find some of this. And then I wasn't sure if they were still showing me the Wayback Machine or if they were showing me the real site. Because um, some of the, some aspects of the site have been taken down. Uh, but I'm not sure that now when I go back to it, if it's not just like my cookies and going back to the old site or if it's what's even going on to the new site anymore. But I think it's important to have this as an artifact in the video, but then showing the actual uh, video from their website and what they have in terms of, uh, you know, kind of outlines for, for doing things. Because, you know, what the, basically, you know, if you guys want to skip this part of it, you know, long story short, it's that by 2045, you're going to take your consciousness and your personality download it into a robot while we're sitting in like this some sort of like vat while um while through like a brain interface we're able to control our avatar that's out there in the quote-unquote real world 
well, we're sort of then stuck in this like digital meta world. And it's just, uh, it's just sort of crazy. Cause I guess, you know, I'm sort of thinking of this like for the first time, like right now, but it's like, you're going to have like this, we're going to be able to see this like digital world, but the digital world will be the real world. But then we'll be stuck in these like, and it's not even we, cause they, guys like me, slated for extermination I and mean, probably anybody watching this unless somehow like one of the bad guys or globalists are watching this you guys are probably you know slated for extermination too but uh i'm saying like that's the game plan I'm not saying they're gonna be you know successful at this i'm just talking about what the game plan is so uh yoshi sees something that he wants to go after what do you want to go after let's go see let's go see uh oh, oh there he goes there he goes he's off like, oh damn, there's just too much things for all these small creatures to hide in. So, anyways, we'll play we'll play this clip, but maybe before we do, we'll get into obviously you've got it's not just 2045 project, you've got Dr. Yuval Harari, you've got like Ray Kurzweil, you've got who's the head of you know Google engineering and you know probably one of the most famous transhumanists. You've got you know Klaus Schwab's main minion, uh, Dr. Yuval Nuhari, who's out there talking about you know implantable microchips and nanotech that's going to be inside of us, and Klaus Schwab talking about nanotech being inside of us. You know even going back to 2016, watching videos on him, and you know there's this huge push for like synthetics and cloning, and also this goes to show you that like both of the sides, whether it's like the Putin fr fraction of the New World Order or the Klaus Schwab fraction of the New World Order, they're both trying to move the ball down the field to have these oppositional fights to then both bring in cashless ID systems, both bring in, uh, you know, central bank digital currencies, both pushing for, you know, mandatory vaccinations. Uh, and so, but they're just coming at it from, it's like two different crime bosses that are both fighting to rule you, but they're both crime bosses and they're both bad guys. And it's not like, oh, Putin's trying to fight, you know, the Rothschilds and trying to fight this or that. I mean, it's all this like really super advanced 40 chess. So I think, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to leave you with two different videos. So the one video is going to be that 2045 project. And then we're going to go into a Greg Reese report where it's showing how essentially the vaccine is giving people like this uh, acquired immune deficiency, which is uh, AIDS. And so, you know, we're in this timeline where you know we're not fucking playing around anymore we're talking about these crazy people who are going and injecting uh people with gene therapy that is then weakening their immune system basically fucking erasing it and then it's giving them aids it's a race that's what aids is it's autoimmune deficiency so we are creating immune deficiency in people by destroying their t-cell counts and so anyways we'll, we'll go play these two videos but make sure uh, if you guys want that full presentation that I'm going to give over at Floatfest, um, you know, that you sign up for Rockfin because that's where I'm going to post it first. That's also where I'll be posting, you know, my presentations from now on. And I'm looking at doing some more like PowerPoint <clears throat> actual presentations like Anarchapoco 2020 style. So I'm going to have like previous presentations and different uh, workshops that I've given on, you know, various subjects that are going to be housed on, on that platform because uh, you know, trying to just create you know, other income streams because obviously they could you know, take this away at any point and you know, it's just you know, obviously not gonna be you know, trying to monetize my YouTube channel or anything. Uh, but yeah, we're also on Spotify now, also on Rumble now. Check us out at floatfest.com uh, or check us out at Floatfest, but you can go to floatfest.com to learn more. Hope that we see everybody there. But anyways, thank you guys so much for another Tim and Yoshi show. We'll be coming back for another one of these uh, that will be economics-based. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy the, uh, well, by enjoy, I'll say that, you know, with air quotes, but the <clears throat> 2045 project video, then the Greg Reese report, and then we'll be on to the economic report. Peace out, everybody. Take care. The world is on the verge of global change. The speed of data transmission has increased by multiples of millions. The rate of globally significant events and that of discoveries and crises is growing exponentially. Our civilization is like an uncaptained ship sailing on rough seas with neither chart nor compass, all the while moving faster and faster. The time we have to make the right decisions is shorter and shorter. We are facing the choice to fall into a new dark age, into affliction and degradation, or to find a new model for human development and create not simply a new civilization, but a new mankind. Historic crises show that to break the deadlock, we need technological revolution. 
it is clear that today's revolution will also require the deepest social transformation. The world's community and leaders should encourage mankind instead of wasting resources on solving momentary problems. To focus on the technologies of the future, nanotechnology, biotechnology, information technology, cognitive technology, genetics and robotics. Doing so will allow us to find new sources of energy, create fundamentally new architecture and transportation, allow unprecedented developments of human cognitive abilities, refine artificial intelligences and brain-computer interfaces, simulate complex systems, create humanoid robots and cyborgs, and with the help of nanorobots, we may develop manageable matter. Find ways to transfer one's personality to an artificial carrier. Yet what we need is not just another technological revolution, but a new civilizational paradigm. We need new philosophy and ideology, new ethics, new culture and new psychology, and even new metaphysics. We must reset our limits, go beyond ourselves, beyond the Earth and beyond the solar system. This is an adequate response to the challenges of our time. Thus, new reality and future man will arise. Could it happen spontaneously, by itself? Unlikely. Humanity does not have a master plan of its development. It seeks stability. It lives in the present and does not plan. It preserves the status quo and tries to escape development. It does not tend to map future centuries and take responsibility for evolution. In consumer society's culture, there is no evolutionary vocabulary and rhetoric. To break the deadlock, the Russia 2045 movement was founded. It is a mega-project intended to reach new heights and meanings. We intend to create a new vector for civilization, aimed at constant human development and evolution. As happened with the mega-projects of the last century, the nuclear and the space programs, we integrate the latest discoveries and developments from the sciences, physics, energetics, aeronautics, bioengineering, nanotechnology, neurology, cybernetics, cognitive science. May everlasting spiritual ideals and values help us avoid going astray. Our project will give new meanings to the millions of people on Earth, will become a result of their joint creativity, and will lead us out of the impasse. Away from the murder of nature and physical death, forward to the realm of freedom and creativity, to the depths of the ocean and to the stars, to the infinite universe of our inner world. Our forecast for the next 40 years, February 2012. Global Future 2045 Congress is held in Moscow. It is a debate platform for discussion of our civilization's prospects for development. 2012 to 2013, the global economic and social crises are exacerbated. The debates on the global paradigm of future development intensifies. New transhumanist movements and parties emerge. Russia 2045 transforms into World 2045. Simultaneously, the 2045.com International Social Network for Open Innovation is expanding. Here, anyone interested may propose a project, take part in working on it, or fund it, or both. In the network, there are scientists, scholars, researchers, financiers, and managers. 2013 to 2014, New centers working on cybernetic technologies for the development of radical life extension rise. The race for immortality starts. 2015 to 2020, the avatar is created. A robotic human copy controlled by thought via brain-computer interface. It becomes as popular as a car. In Russia and in the world appear, in testing mode, several breakthrough projects. Android robots to replace people in manufacturing tasks. Android robot servants for every home. Thought-controlled avatars to provide telepresence in any place of the world and abolish the need for business trips. Flying cars. Thought-driven mobile communications built into the body or sprayed onto the skin. 2020 to 2025. An autonomous system providing life support for the brain and allowing it interaction with the environment is created. The brain is transplanted into an avatar B. 
With Avatar B, man receives new, expanded life. 2025, the new generation of avatars provides complete transmission of sensations from all five sensory robot organs to the operator. 2030 to 2035, ReBrain. The colossal project of brain reverse engineering is implemented. World science comes very close to understanding the principles of consciousness. 2035, the first successful attempt to transfer one's personality to an alternative carrier. The epoch of cybernetic immortality begins. 2040 to 2050, bodies made of nanorobots that can take any shape arise alongside hologram bodies. 2045 to 2050, drastic changes in social structure and in scientific and technological development. All the prerequisites for space expansion are established. For the man of the future, war and violence are unacceptable. The main priority of his development is spiritual self-improvement. A new era dawns. The era of neo-humanity. If you are dumbfounded by the motivation to systemically seduce all children into thinking that they can change what sex they are, then it is because you are a more balanced human being. And if you think tricking a child into believing they were born an accident is evil, then you are likely a person who believes in God, spirit, or love, whichever word you are more comfortable with. When it comes to belief in God, people fall into three categories the faithful, the agnostic, and the atheist. The faithful believe in God, the atheist doesn't, and the agnostic is open-minded either way. Both the faithful and agnostic can be accepting of this unseen spirit realm, which allows them the ability to strive towards balance with nature, but others are at war with it. The atheist will argue that there is no proof of God, and therefore there is no God, which is nothing more than materialism, the doctrine that nothing exists except for physical matter. Rudolf Steiner described two types of evil within the hearts of man, Luciferic and Aramonic. Luciferic is the evil force that wants to be free of the laws of nature, and Aramonic wants to obsessively control the laws of nature. We can also describe these energies as satanic and materialistic, while the Satanist believes in God, and the materialist may not, they both want to dismantle nature and control it. And they are no longer hiding in the shadows. Their radical war against nature is now out in the open for all to see. But control of data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design. The birth of a living human soul comes as a result of the sexual union between a man and a woman. This sexual union is perhaps the most potent spiritual energy that humans can achieve. It is sacred and divine, which is why the evil forces who seek to play God have been subverting it for decades with pornography, abortion, and the welfare system. They seek to replace the mother and father and control this sexual power with technology, making woman their number one target. California is introducing a bill that would allow mothers to kill their babies up to seven days after birth, completely demoralizing what it means to mother a child. And if castrating a man can legally make him a woman, then can mutating a human legally make him non-human? Many are discussing whether or not trans humans will qualify for human rights in the future. And with the mother out of the way, who will teach them about love? A child created and raised by the state 
will be subjected to the authority of the state from birth till death. This is the ultimate goal, and it now seems to be within their grasp. Embryos have been created in laboratories without human sperm or eggs. China's Suzhou Institute of Biomedical Engineering and Technology has created a system to raise human embryos with an artificial intelligence that monitors and adjusts the nutrition, carbon dioxide, and other levels within an artificial womb. The system was originally created to bring the birth rate in China back on track after its disastrous one-child policy, but it's just another step towards dismantling nature and playing God. And so it's good that you see this all as insane, but it would really be great if we could all stop these psychopaths before they kill us all. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.